millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wake up in the morning feeling like... Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. <laughs> I'm Nolly Waterman. I'm Laura Jane Jones. And this, my friends, is the Try Hard Podcast. Okay, we are in record. Hello. Hello, Hello far away friend. I feel really sad that we're doing this over the phone again. I know, and especially this week, I've got more time, and we were supposed to be meeting up, but hey, such is life. That's life. Are you a bit less stressed this week? Um, not going to lie, I've got a little bit less work now I've finished commentating, um, but yeah, it, I don't know, it feels a bit surreal that I'm now not doing any of that work, um, but... Did you enjoy it? Was it? Su- it was such a cool experience, yeah. I definitely learnt loads and have a massive appreciation for everyone that works in the media, um, including oh, yourself, you. <laughs> to be fair. Mainly, no, mainly because you, when you commentate, you obviously, you know, you're going in and I've got all my own prep and, you know, all the notes on the players and the work with Simon Ward um, as a pairing. Um, but also you get to see, like, how many people actually go into making that happen. Yeah in terms of especially when you're running a studio and all the producers and the people that um, provide all the stats. So shout out to Tim Groves for doing that. Um, he's been an absolute legend, giving us all of weird and wonderful information yeah, about all the teams. Yeah, he's awesome. So, yeah, it's been really nice um, to get to know people, get to see the kind of inner workings of it and learn lots about commentary. And I've had a range of responses. Um, <laughs> oh, mainly positive, though. No, it has. Like, I've had some wicked um, tweets from people that don't need to tweet me and don't know me, but they have enjoyed the stuff that I've done. I've had other people telling me that they've had to switch off and that <laughs> I'm monotone and, yeah, all sort of like... Some so really... what you're saying is they're not going to listen to the podcast? <laughs> yeah, I don't think that they're um, lifelong listeners of all. Wow. Or chat. Did you like um, my tweet about how proud I was of you? Yes. I had like 60 likes. I was like, all right, guys, don't let it get too big-headed. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's, to be fair, I think it's a, one of your only outpourings of emotion towards me on wow. social media. So thanks for that. <laughs> Enjoy that because there won't be any more coming anytime soon. Um, so yeah, you were very I good, think... though. I have to say, I like I I didn't just tweet that for the sake of it. I did mean that. Like, very proud of you and... It's so, it is so hard. And I don't think, you know, people are so quick to criticise. I don't mean women, but anyone who's on co-coms. And it's such a hard job to do. And, you know, obviously I've done this for a long time and watched many, many people do it. And it was great to hear you doing it. And and it is progress for the sport because at the end of the day, and I know I, I beat this drum a lot, the reality is that of all the people commentating across the world on that competition, very few of them are actually World Cup winners. And you are. (laughs) 
I don't even say women, but actually, you know, I, so I was the only woman in the um, commentary team for ITV. Like Mags was in the studio, um, and. Yeah, Michelle um, also put out a message on social media about, you know, the fact that she was proud of what I've done. And I, I suppose now I've finished and I'm out of it um, and I can reflect back. I, I am proud of doing it and there is so much for me to learn. And it is um, it is challenging because you're super vulnerable when you yeah. put yourself on a stage like that, knowing full well that you have got minimal experience in the grand scheme of things. It's a very quick learning curve. Yeah. I had a huge game um, with Australia, Georgia, um, which turned out to be good for Georgia um, and an appalling display of rugby from um, Australia. And how horrible um, was that Curtly Beal knockout as well? Yeah, not good. Um, not good. And like there was big, big delays, um, which we had to fill, which again was a different challenge. I also... Um, upset a couple of Australians Sven Glor being one of them <laughs> that I said um, gold and green rather than green and gold at least but you didn't hey. say yellow they get really precious about the <laughs> yellow thing um, so yeah now I, look, I'm I'm super chuffed to have done it and I think that from my perspective the amount of games that I had at six games it, it gave me plenty of opportunity to learn and develop and I had some good feedback from them and also working with Simon so yeah well all done. good experience all round. And now I have plenty of time to focus on enjoying the rugby, doing some coaching with Centre of Excellence this weekend, and then flying off to Japan shortly. So, But yeah, also the good. thing that before we started recording this, that I can't believe you just listed that because we, before we started recording, you said you've got more time to focus on match pint. Which... <laughs> oh, you've brought it up. Yes, I have. <laughs> You I are have, now above me indeed. in the overall, and I am stinking about it. I'm not going to lie. I cannot believe yeah. it. Like, Yeah, um, and it's nearly as good as round four. The fact that I'm back in the game and doing much, much better in match point, um, it, it's nearly as good as Sophie Fanny Brid, who Amen. won round four. Um, I don't know whether that's her proper name, but you need to get in touch. As does um, Toby Hill. Toby Hill won round three which we haven't announced on the pod. So Toby Hill and Sophie Fanny Brid, get in touch um, for your tryhards prizes. And for those who won rounds one and two, they will be with you soon. We have actually got this sorted now, so they'll be with you <laughs> ASAP, um, we hope. And yeah, I think round four, I got back in the game. Um, my dad came joint second, Olivia Mulvey and Ollie Church. Um, and Can also, I just say, though, it... that in round four, there was only like two games. So does it, it really four. count? It does. Um, just because you did badly. Yeah, really um, badly. But yeah, another couple of shout outs. We've got, we had four girls in the top four. So Sarah Nicholas, who um, came joint second with Jessica Jenner. I used to coach Sarah at oh. Hartbury. Um, wicked girl uh, from the Midlands. Amazing family. Uh, Mum and dad are, uh, are nuts and they're just wicked fun. Um, so yeah, a little shout out to her. And then last but not least, which kind of links into the overall Mr. Tommy Banks, yes. absolutely smashing it. So, so Tommy like, Banks has got a couple of Michelin stars and now he's top 10 in the tryhards overall rankings. And you've got to wonder which of those two things is going to be a more special achievement for him. <laughs> I know. Um, so, yeah, he's actually fifth overall, um, although he is beaten by Garnet McKinder, who is fourth. Go on, um, Garnet. So, yeah. Garnet is coming fourth overall in the Tryhards League. Tommy is fifth. Um, and 
I think we need to give a little shout out to Millie Wood and Joe Kingston. So Millie Wood is a long-time listener of the pod. Yeah. Another person I coached at Heartbreak. Obviously, it's my influence as a coach Obviously. that's allowed them to be so good. Um, but yeah, the other person is Joe Kingston, who is works for Green Twenty Two, and they link they work for Gallagher uh-huh. um, and look after me in their ambassadorial program. And they've got this like massive competition going between the three guys there um well you've got to uh, think that with the Gallagher starting this weekend there's going to be a bit of drop off in their match point four. <laughs> <I know. laughs> hopefully because at the moment she's absolutely smashing me and coming equal ninth with Millie so um yeah but well done we've given lots of shout outs Charlie Cutting is still le- leading he is clearly yeah well done like, Charlie an absolute whiz um so well done everybody um we did mention that the Gallagher Premiership starts this weekend and it kicks off with an absolute worldy Bristol Bath on Friday night. I know, I know. What what a fixture. I was really hoping to be able to get down um, to watch, but I, I unfortunately can't make it. But last year it was huge because Bristol turned over Bath. Um, like, I think it would be... It's going to be challenging because of the players that are missing for yeah. both sides. Um, and looking at the other matchups, I think Exeter Quinns is going to be good. Sarri Saints is going to be a decent one. But I reckon the probably the most affected and actually the the fixture that most people won't necessarily look at, but in the grand scheme of what happened last year to this year, Worcester Leicester, because. Oh, yeah. Obviously, Leicester had an absolute stinker of a year last year. George Ford pulled it out the back yeah, towards the end back, of the season. Yeah, and um, and Worcester are one of those teams that are constantly towards the bottom. So you'd think that that's a fixture, but did improve. Um, they've lost players, so Welshy, Josh Adams, yeah. no longer there. Ben Taylor Welcome isn't to the there. Blues, Josh Adams. Um, yeah, so they've. I think I'm pretty sure in saying, and I apologise if I've got this wrong, but the only player from their squad at World Cup is Joe Talfaito, who is the hooker from, yeah, from America. So he'll be back shortly because he's obviously, well, I don't know know whether they have a break, actually, how long they're given. I don't Um, think Prem players do from like previous World Cups because of the nature of their contracts and stuff. People come back and are straight into it. So, yeah, so they're only missing Joe and then, but Leicester are absolutely decimate. Like, they've yeah. got six England players gone. And they're and not like just... proper frontline any... players as well. When you're missing your <laughs> yeah. hooker, your scrum half, hooker. your ten. Hooker? Oh, no, not their prop. hooker. Prop. No, they're missing prop, Dan Cole. Um, ben Young's at nine. Uh, George Ford at ten. Manu. Manu Johnny May. Johnny May. Um, who else are we missing? There's other players. Um so yeah, I mean they've got a good, um, a good team. And having spoken um, to Guy, Guy Thompson, who plays in the back row, he was like really positive. Jordan Murphy was really positive about how their preseason's gone. Prem Cup is a strange one because every team use each of those games differently. Um, so I don't think you can really look. For a lot of clubs. Yeah, I don't really think that you can look at those and think of anything that's going to be related to. Um, the premiership because there's such different matchups and different weeks but um yeah i think for me that's the the game of the weekend because of how challenged um teams are going to be and unfortunately leicester had such a poor start to last season it then affected their running i hope that they don't have the same um effect because of the world cup yeah. but 
every other team is kind of affected. And I think they're the, they're the team with the most amount of player, English players. Obviously, Saris have got a lot of other different nations um, from their team. So, yeah. yeah. Wow, anyway, well, I'm so that's... At, I'm at Pontiebu Vale on Friday evening. So, I won't be wow. watching the kickoff of the Gallagher Premiership. I will be pitch side with a microphone in my hand at the uh, the legendary Sardis Road, which I uh, checked last night. And as I suspected, they have got a plastic pitch there, which means I can wear trainers. <laughs> to be fair, I do like a trainer um, on the fact that they're now kind of like smart casual. Oh, yeah. If, as long as they're shiny white. Um, yeah. And I, I saw just... that you recently did all right and got a new pair. Yeah, thank you to <laughs> Finn Russell. Um, I had him as first try score on Sunday morning, despite the Scotland loss. That came in for me at 25 to 1. So I bought a new pair of Nikes on Monday which are oh, nice. box fresh, looking fit. Um, yeah, they're my favourite, to be yeah. fair. I love, do love a Nike trainer. I actually um, nearly anyway. bought an Air Force One, and then I was like, no, you're morphing into Nolly. <laughs> I've morphed into you with my hair. You're, you're changing <laughs> yeah. your style. <laughs> I think that's a bit, bit weird and wonderful. Anyway, um, this weekend, what am I doing? I am going to be obviously watching the rugby. However, um, I'm down at Wasps again. Um, it's the Centre of Excellence, which is the under-18 academy that I'm looking after. So yeah. I've got those girlies coming in to train. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I think from a Tyrrell's perspective, probably the biggest games are Quinn's Bristol on the back of Bristol not beating Wasps. Um, are you surprised and also... by that result? I know that you, you kind of, you're wearing your Wasp, I was going to say Wasps hat, but your Wasps antenna. Oh, yeah, um, I'm probably wearing wasps hat this weekend because it's so cold now. <laughs> not that cold, man. You're going to Japan next week. You'll be fine. Um, but were you surprised by that result? Um, look, I knew it was going to be a hell of a game. Um, I think that Bristol not having Kira Bevan at scrum half was yeah. um, a, a big one for them, um, only because she's playing some some really good rugby at the moment um, and the speed of ball meant that um, they could really get up into Snowy's grill from a defensive perspective yeah. um, but watching it online and this weekend's Wasps Love for a Game is online um, watching the game um, I, I was I was blown away actually by Wasps offence it's something that they've worked on um, and I know that Giselle was introducing different things as the season goes on but yeah massive hat tip to to her um, and also to L the other LJ the rugby LJ yeah. um, because set piece I think Waspies are gonna are gonna struggle up front when they don't have Purdy. Obviously, we're missing like Rocky's moved clubs this year. Yeah. Um, Amy Kakane has gone to Quinn's. So, in terms of experience, but um, yeah, I think another shout out from my perspective. Hannah West um, played, I think, in all three positions in the front row for us at the weekend. Ended up in the last part of the game. Ended up scrummaging against Sarah Byrne um, and held her own. <laughs> so, yeah, not. <laughs> I think. The result, uh, 10-18 to, to Wasp, is a huge result. Um, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see how how Kim selects this weekend because there was quite a lot of unforced errors. Um, strangely, one from a couple from Snowy missing touch yeah. um, from some penalties and, and taking a quick, quick tap and turning the ball over. So, yeah, I think the, the Quinns-Bristol game is going to be big. And as I say, Wasp's Loughborough, it's a live stream. Um, this weekend we're actually as a, as a squad without the Irish players um, so 
the women's game is affected just like um, so as the, as we're talking about the men's game is affected by World Cup players missing I think what you'll notice now because there's far more foreign players over playing in the women's premiership different teams are affected at different times yeah. depending on their recruitment well, that's the thing it's you know and we've now got Wales have announced their um, autumn fixtures and I think one of those is kind of outside the bracket that other teams are playing in and yeah it, um, it's amazing how it's starting to mirror the men's game that much more isn't it yeah and I think it's super exciting I, I'm all for having foreign players come in and, and play in the premiership I, I find it it's it's good fun for one um, in terms of playing alongside other um, other people that aren't English but at the same time we need to manage the number of people coming over one because of obviously um it's taking an opportunity from an English um, an English qualified player, um, but also just in terms of like you know teams are going and DORs are going to have to manage how many they have and when they're going to lose yeah. players because obviously that will affect their results. But um, just going back to the to the Bristol Wasps game, I think we need to give a huge shout out to longtime listener and ultimate tryhard I think last season she got two nominations for tryhard of the week yeah. um, Kate Alder um, Capitano um, little nugs she got player of the match outstanding in defence like really really impressive um, in the 12 shirt um, and also even bigger news um, she's become the first ever uh, female columnist for talking um, rugby union which is brilliant and it's brilliant for Kate to be doing that but brilliant for Talking Rugby Union to have the recognition that they need to have a female column there about the women's game not just a female columnist somebody talking about the women's game so hat tip to them for uh, bringing her on board and doing that yeah exactly and I've read her first article it's really interesting it's well written it's really nice it's a great insight and actually quite different from somebody that isn't involved in the international game um, isn't recognised as a senior international and yeah. I think that that's something that really highlights where the club game's going at the moment because it's showing that there's interest in premiership players and people are being respected for playing premiership rugby yeah. and it's not just the, the big names that are wearing the white shirts um, because you know there were so many wonderful women involved in the game at, at premiership level that are now giving up so much to balance a long time for alongside full-time work full-time training yeah. um we've spoken about that in the pod before because that's the type of commitment i used to give when i was um an international yeah. um these girls are having to do it week in week out for a club shirt and i think that it's it it's really important to recognize yeah. um it, how that balance works throughout the season and how that um kind of it's going to affect people in terms of yeah. their risk of injuries and recovery and that type of thing is where I suppose like Giselle Mather actually um, director of WAS she is um, a big advocate for moving towards semi-professional opportunities for the club players yeah. um, and I think that that's kind of the next step now um, so yeah well done Kate well done Kate awesome work there's other news as well that's flying high in the women's premiership um, Jo Yap um, she has been named as director of rugby at Worcester Warriors and for the women and um, yeah huge recruitment from them she is an unbelievable coach and 
brilliant woman. She was actually one of my first captains. Um, she captained the squad in 2006 World Cup as scrum half. Um, so, yeah, You're massive so recruitment old. for them. You are so old. And, and actually, shut up. And actually, um, it, well, Yappy is so brilliant. So she like was far ahead of her game in terms of game understanding. Her service was probably the best I think I've ever seen from a scrum half in terms of consistency. Like even to this day, she is she was unbelievable. Um, and she so she retired from playing quite early. Um, so she's had a, she has a family. She has two children. Um, but she decided that she wanted to play a little bit of rugby. I think maybe after her first child. I'm not quite sure. Anyway, she'd moved down to the southwest from the Midlands, and she went to Cullumpton Ladies, who are pretty low level. Um, I'm not quite sure what league they're in, but yeah. she thought, oh, you know, okay. Anyway, they um, they asked her like, have you ever played before? And she was like, oh, I used to play for Worcester. She didn't tell them that she played for England, was England captain at a World Cup and as a World Cup runner-up. Um, I think she was the youngest at her time, was the youngest cat player um, at 18. So I just pipped her by a couple of months. Um, and, yeah, like, literally a legend in the in the women's game. And she just basically went, yeah, I play for Worcester. <laughs> I love that. I, I love know. That. Um, it shows Joe. Um, but in terms of the recruitment, I think that makes her the fourth um, head coach um, as a female in our premiership, which I think is really super important, important. Yeah. And, you know, Snowy mentioned it when we talked about the Barbarians, having Anna Richards and Lisa Burgess as... Um, as coaches in the Barbarians. So, yeah, I think that that's a, a real big statement and move forward as well. Um, it actually, it's a good segue onto what I wanted to ask you about. So, news has broke this week in Wales that um, Richie Pugh has left his post um, as Wales Sevens coach and will be taking on a role at the Ospreys, which means that that is a vacant post. And after your success with the uh, Italy Fire Service in the <laughs> Summer Sevens... Would you be throwing and, your hat in the ring? Do you fancy it? <laughs> well, especially because my grandparents are Welsh, so I am a little bit Welsh, so I've got you that you affinity. You don't need to be Welsh to... for the role. It's, you know, <laughs> best person for the job. <laughs> Do you fancy really it? Um, to be fair, I think, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a challenging uh, a challenging role. Richie actually was our, our forwards coach, well, our coach um, at, in, in Rio. He worked down with Team GB Women. Um, and uh, yeah, great guy. Um, I think he's really had it um, hard over the last couple of seasons in yeah. the Sevens programme in terms of lack of support. Um, and yeah, all the best to him. He's a great guy. Um, and uh, his children are literally mini versions of him. I've never, <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Um, but yeah, I, do, I don't think I'll be going for that post. Okay. Um, but in but in other sevens news, so, um, another post was actually taken up by Len, Ben, Len, Len Bonigan, Ben Lonigan. <laughs> um, he, Len's actually quite a good name for him. Maybe I'll start that. Really? Um, yeah, Ben is an absolute ledge. He is completely bonkers um but is yeah he is going to be the new snc for england women sevens um and katie uh james kj has um has been with the program since i was involved and done a huge amount for the game um so it's it's sad that she's leaving um but yeah ben i think is is a superb um recruitment for for england and uh, i'm it's sure he'll be in the awesome past for the role past half an hour they've announced the pools for dubai 
and England are in there with New Zealand and France and Japan. Uh, so Japan are obviously the invitational in Dubai, but yeah, that's their um, that's their pool for Dubai. So it's got that's some a tasty one. work to do. <laughs> yeah, um, but actually, talking about Japan, the reason why they're invitational for those people that aren't sure how it works um is because of tokyo so because of the olympic games um, yeah into the olympics so when the there's an opportunity to have an invitational side um they will um probably get the shout above other teams there will be other nations that come in um but yeah and 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 talking actually did you see um in terms of recruitment for team gb coaches which i always think is an interesting one yeah so um, simon Simon takes on the men's role yeah, and last time, so in Rio, we had Simon Middleton as so it was a double English head coach role um, for Team GB. But this time, it's um, Scott Forrester from Scotland. Scott oh, by name, Scotland. Scott by nature. Which do you think that that will um, <laughs> last time? What ridiculous saying! Hey, I bet you've heard that before. Um, I've never heard it. Another one of your uh, another thing monkey, that I've monkey, made up that everybody monkey. else in the Western world uses. <laughs> Um, obviously, last time there were from certain quarters not not complaints, but there were eyebrows raised about the makeup of the women's squad in that it was there was one non English player. Do you think that it yeah? And that was it was picked on merit that it was nothing. There was nothing untoward about it. But do you think now that it's a non English coach, it means that that will disappear that argument if there is the same kind of balance to the team, or do you expect there to be a different balance this time? Um, I, you know, at that point, we, um, we were very, we were very dominant in England. Um, Wales didn't really have a sevens program. It was very, um, they weren't competing a lot at the top level. They're obviously not on World Series, so they were missing out on that. Um, we had, um, Jazz, um, and Lowry with us, um, training. Um, and we also had Steph from Scotland who was with us. And I think Steph had a, had a really good shot. Um, great player and she was unlucky to miss out. Um, but was up against some pretty, pretty strong competition from the England squad. I think the difference now is we saw Scotland come to the end of the World Series in Biarritz last year. They actually beat England um, and they had some really quality um, players. So Rona on the wing, um, you've got Chloe Rowley as well, who's playing 15s yeah. at Quinns this year. Um, they've got Hel- um, Helena Nelson, um, again, great player. Um, I think the challenge that... <sighs> that Scott's going to have in terms of his selection is how experienced are the players away from England seven. So we've got full-time program, full-time professional players in the sevens game competing on the world series versus players that aren't playing regular sevens. They're involved in 15s programs. So yes, they're playing rugby, but it is very different form of the game and aren't playing on the World Series in a regular basis. Do you think they should be competing basis? as Team GB in the season that precedes the Olympics on the World Series? Um, I think for the benefit of Team GB, a massive benefit for them to, to do that. How that sits with the other unions and how that works, I don't know, yeah. because it's something that is really special about the Olympic Games for Team GB in terms of bringing everyone together. So you get like a barbarian's effect of, um, in terms of 
being able to choose the best players yeah. from the different nations but um it's also a barbarian's effect when you don't get to play alongside each other yeah. now we had um jazz lowry and steph all join us um for full-time program in the build-up to rio um so that although they weren't competing with us we did invitational tournaments together so from that perspective they were with our program and knowing the players inside out from a training perspective um I think now that there's more women's players that could put their hand up and compete against England players um, for those spots. And I think Scott, I suppose going back to your original question, will Scott alleviate the, the, the challenge that it's going to be so England dominant? Yes, of course he will, because yeah. he isn't English. Yeah. Um, so that's what it comes down Scott to. Scott by nature. Scott by nature. Yeah, so I think the challenge that that he's got is, and what will be really fascinating is... When do those players get together? When is he looking at them? When can I put my hat in the ring as a contender? <laughs> Mate, if you want it, um, there's nothing stopping you apart from your hands, a new set of lungs. your knees, your lungs. <laughs> my age, my your lungs. Age. My... <laughs> um, no, I... I, I'm really interested and I think that this is going to be a huge opportunity for lots of other players to be involved and, be, you know, to become an Olympian is so special. Yeah. The fact that England have qualified Team GB in the way that they have is a credit to those girls. Does that guarantee them selection? No. Um, they're going to have to be fully fit and raring to go. I think that there's a notice for the three Welsh girls that are out in Australia um, and that are playing sevens. Yeah. I think that that to me, shows that they're key to do it, it with Jazz. Intent, doesn't it? Yeah, um, in particular, Jazz out there who got, was an Olympian from Rio and is, by the sounds of things, carving up out there. So I think um, it's it's something that needs to happen quite quickly and now he's been recruited, it'll be interesting to see what he's doing behind the scenes to make sure that Welsh players, Scottish players yeah. and English players are getting the opportunities that they need to be the best that they can be. Um, whilst we're on the sevens chat, I just want to give a quick mention to Abby Burton and her new Instagram about body positivity. And I think it's a really interesting angle on body positivity from the fact that she... Say that quickly. I can't say body positivity. I can't. I don't know why I can't say that word. Um, but I think, do you know what? It's one of those things, when I saw... Abby had started the account I had a little look at it and I thought you know this girl's an athlete like how can she have any issue and it's really interesting the way that she's kind of talked about the fact that she's not always happy in her own skin and I think it's a really important message to all young girls that you know we all have the same um self-consciousness and stuff like that so well done to Abby for starting that and hopefully you know it helps a few young girls who need a bit of empowerment who feel that they can't be heard and stuff yeah, so for anyone that wants that, it's absolutely positive. <laughs> um, if yeah, you go on tryhards, so we, on... we follow her on tryhards, so you can find it in our who we're following. So good luck to and Abby. There's with actually that. a really cool um, interview recently about uh, Jodie Onsley, who is Onsley, I think. Um, so you say it. So she's sharing her story um, about the fact that she is profoundly deaf um she's full-time in the england sevens now and yeah. got her first cap in glendale um really nice little player um real good athlete um but yeah playing as a deaf player and and, and abby has brought that up as something that is about body image and confidence and that type of thing so yeah big shout out to uh 
our northern friend, Abby Burton. Well done, Abs. Um, right, before we wrap this up for the week, I want your predictions for the quarterfinals this weekend. Um, is that because you want to beat me on match point? Because you're not beating me at the moment, are you? Well, I don't... I... <laughs> All right, England will win. England will win. New Zealand will win. South Africa will win. And... Wales will win. <laughs> Lol. Um, um, what about you? I think it, the the awaited game of South Africa Japan. I know. Um, in my, if like, I was, oh, we don't know which way it will go. It will go South Africa's way. They're too big. They're too heavy. Um, I think Japan will stay with them. I think it will be a wicked game. But in terms of, I think flair, excitement, game management. South Africa have that in abundance across their their back line and their forward pack are unbelievable in terms of their power and strength. And I think that as much as Japan will work their socks off, Michael Leach, oh my God. What a legend. What a legend in terms of how hard he was hitting Scotland. But I think that the difference between them and and South Africa is a totally different dynamism. And... And the other side of it is think how much emotional energy um, Japan went through for that game, you know, and the fact that they've achieved history, the fact that they've gone through it, and yes, they've got a week to recover, but that's going to take them months to recover from. Do you know the one thing about Japan, though, that, like, is this kind of glimmer, this, like, chink of hope or light that I just can't get past is they don't give away penalties. Mm, Yeah. And that opportunity to score being taken away from a team doesn't matter how big and bulky they are i just there's something in that for me something about japan that oh, i hope they don't exciting. win because i don't want to play them in a semi-final if wales beat france so <laughs> are you playing <laughs> yeah yeah mate you, you never know you never know oh right and you well, are, you're very confident about england australia you can't see any you can't see a um i don't think i'm confident green and gold win there um yeah, green and gold. Um, I I don't think I'm like super confident about any of them. And that's what I think is going to make this weekend so yeah. exciting for everybody. Because you can't really say that any of those are guaranteed. And probably the only one where it's a little bit clearer, I think, is New Zealand Island. Because yeah. Ireland just aren't firing. However, that doesn't mean that they won't, you know, no. because they've got the players to do that. They're you know, Sexton's back fit. He was absolutely outstanding um, in the last game. So, um, yeah, I think watch this space. Um, if you're going to be playing, then you need to make sure that you uh, get your flights booked and polish right. your boots up. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, maybe maybe tryhards will be on tour next week. Who knows? Right. Have a great week, my friend. Love you. Bye. Bye. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.